You're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 10 of the Red Diamond Courier. We are so happy to have you guys with us here this week. I am Bob Chichinsky, joined as always by my one and only friend, Dog Bark 24 How's it going, dude? It's been going good for me, but for the rest of the world, it has not been going good at all. No, it's not. <laughs> and my intro made it sound like you are the only friend I have, so that's cool, too. <laughs> we're, we're derailing as much as the rest of the world. And yeah, we're pretty much uh, we're coming to you guys. During all the craziness, we're hoping Discord uh, stays stable for us. It's had a wild couple days itself. Um, yeah, we we don't want to go too deep into all that craziness of the world, but definitely uh, want to, yeah, say uh, stay safe out there to everyone. And uh, in these kind of crazy times when, like, all this, you know, there's like fear mongering or like people panic buying and stuff, you know, just take the time to look out for one another and, you know, consider other people. I don't know. That's our slight uh, PSA. And um, since we're all, you know, indoors chilling, why don't we all take this uh, time to pour hours into ESO and go win the Alliance War for your faction, right? That's what it's all about. Yeah. Now, Discord went down, and Xbox has gone down a couple times recently. Like, man, it, there it's it's been rough, on dog. <laughs> yeah. ESO also ESO and a Xbox went down uh, Monday night for the thirty minutes or so, but that was but it came back pretty fast. Unlike the uh, Xbox, which was down for hours, like two or three different times last week. Yeah. All right, so now uh, we've got you guys um, caught up with their, you know, everyone's living it, so we don't even need to tell you about it, but we are here living it too, and uh, yeah, we're here to bring you your entertainment, and this week in Tamriel, in Elder Scrolls, we went through uh, Harrowstorm, the new dungeons, we got to go do those with our dungeon group that you heard from last week, Graham and Solo with us, and oh man, we had so much fun. Yeah, we have uh, did the hard mode of Veteran Unhollowed Grave uh, on night one, that was pretty fun, we also got the speed run for it. So that's pretty fun to do. Yeah, man, that was so awesome. That was just like the first time that we really got to go into one altogether on day one into a hard mode because we've got through a lot of the other hard modes, but it's usually after the fact. So it was really crazy. I mean, we did try Ice Reach 2 that first day, but we had to come back for that one later. It was a little tougher. Veteran Ice Reach was definitely a... I thought it was the harder of the two, but as you were talking about, like, the community was saying Unhallowed Grave was... Yeah. yeah and that's weird, because, like, I don't know. I I thought it was very clear that Ice Reach needed to be the harder one. There was, like... I mean, we won't we don't go on to go to spoilers or details or anything, but, man, 
there is an insane amount of stuff going on. And if you haven't gone and burned the totem, I would go recommend trying it at least once. But yeah, those dungeons were both super awesome. Like I really, really liked the pacing of them and the like length overall. I really felt like Lara Marsalock really dragged on last year and so did Frostfall. So yeah, I felt like they were really good. Yeah, they definitely felt a lot shorter. Even if you do all the secret stuff for the uh, Unhallowed Grave, it's still what didn't seem quite as long as uh, Moongrave Fang or the other one or Frostfall. Mm-hmm. And if you guys haven't gone and found those secrets yet, man, go find them because... They are fun and definitely worth it with the buffs you get. So, we got through them both, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. Honestly, the uh, only thing with Unhallowed Grave for me is kind of the grappling hooks. (laughs) I have my fair share of deaths from them, so as fun as they are, I am also dying from them because I suck at it, apparently. I'm also dying a lot from them. But for a completely different reason, mainly because I like to go parkour, parkour, <laughs> parkour, and game of chicken with Graham. <laughs> yep, they're always trying to see who can freaking get closer without dying, because they're ridiculous. <laughs> yep, there was a one time when I, I actually uh, missed it. Like, I went to grapple, but it, like, didn't load in or whatever, so I fell off, and I barely caught it as, like, I almost died, and... It was an amazing save. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, we've had some crazy ones. Like, even just, like, having to jump around on him. Like, sometimes you're falling, and it's like, oh, boom. Oh, you get it. Yeah. Super fun. But, yeah, so with Harrowstorm, we also got Update 25, which brought the uh, kind of refixing of how the game is going to be patched and stored and all that cool stuff. Uh, console lost like 30 gigs, right, dog? I think it's like 72 overall or something like that now, and that is a huge difference. I've, I think mine was like 68 or so, so yeah. Yeah, wow. That And as far as the feelings of it, like the load screens, oh my god, the load screens have been short, like much, much shorter. And I haven't crashed, I think, maybe once going to my house because, well, you know, Going to my house, there should always be a chance to crash because I fill that thing up with all kinds of crazy stuff. But yeah, for me, I think only one. Yeah, I've crashed three times. Uh, I crashed once from traveling to you. <laughs> the second time was traveling to your house. <laughs> and then the third time was, was trying to get back in. But I, loaded, I was loading into my house, which I have three Calgrantids blowing in my face. So, I mean, I can see why that would crash anyone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But but pretty much it's safe to say that it was all your fault. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. That sounds like uh, your usual synopsis of the situation. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So, speaking of our houses, we actually had this really weird thing going on where um, me and Dog both have the colossal Old Mary Grotto, and we like to fill the boat up just with all kinds of cool stuff. It's like the main place we put stuff. And the game was no longer letting us put stuff down. Even though we had hundreds of spaces left, it was like system memory has met its max capacity. And we sent in a bunch of tickets and everything and never really heard a resp- like response. But, I mean, 
it fixed it. <laughs> like we could put stuff down in our house again. It's so cool. And like, I don't know if you've felt it dog, but I've kind of noticed like the little things, like the user interface, like just like clicking things or like going through like bank menus and stuff. Like it just feels a little smoother. Uh, I've noticed that the uh, pledges are all like, they're now called undaunted pledges at the very bottom. Oh, that's it. Like, yeah, that was a good thing. Like Elden Hollow was now in the Grotwood and, ICP is now in Cyrodiil or whatever. Yeah, so I like that too. There's still some... There, it isn't all uh, roses out there. We are still having some lag, some input lag for sure has been a big problem. It's even worse on PC, I guess. And uh, Zoss is aware of it, so they're, you know, they're working on it. And as with anything... Fix one thing, something else breaks, and they got to work on it. But at least they're doing a great job trying, and we appreciate it. And please just <laughs> fix the input because, man, sometimes it's crazy. But, you know, I think that they'll get that fixed pretty quick. That's a something they're definitely working hard on. And that will also lead us perfectly into the state of Cyrodiil because we could talk about how uh, update 25 feels in PvP. And as far as the input lag, it's definitely felt in Cyrodiil too, but we can confirm that before the patch, very, very, very laggy. After the patch, still laggy, but much better. So, and that's in Greyhost. Very packed, like, we played in there a lot uh, Saturday and just all this weekend, and it was very packed. A lot of people online right now due to all this stuff going on. So, yeah, uh, I looked a bit better. What do you think, dog? Um, I worked uh, two double shifts, so I wasn't, I, I never was able to get into Serio. So I'll just take your word for it. Wise choice, my friend. <laughs> Did you get to uh, queue for any battlegrounds? Nope, I uh, didn't do any of that either. So yeah, we were super busy with the dungeons. I did try um, a couple battlegrounds myself just to see, and other than getting matched up randomly both times with two people I used to play with way back in the day, which was super random, um, they feel all right. I mean, it's really weird when you know that, like, every team is not pre-made and you, like, no one is still really communicating. And, I mean, I like having, like, at least one homie with me so we could, like, kind of work together and do some stuff for our team. But other than kind of lag and kind of being weird, just uh, getting used to having to play by yourself in there, it's still feeling pretty good i think it feels a bit better than it used to it was kind of rough at first but the input lag kind of got better throughout the uh next few days i don't know if maybe it was just packed that first day but one thing i will point out is that uh both ones i played there was a team that had all sorks and templars like two sorks two templars so that should not be a thing ever, Zoss. You should not let the Sorks and Templars play together. They will kill everyone. I can vouch for it. 
I think Zosh just had a, had a little touch of Mad Martine and just wanted to scream, "Death to the Necros! Death to the Necros!" I guess. I mean, why they fixed us just so they could destroy us? I don't know. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know who Mad Martine is, he's the first boss you see in Spindle Clutch 2 who screams death to the living. <laughs> Alright, so now that we've got you guys kind of updated on how it feels over on Xbox for the PvP side of things after update 25, we want to give you our leaderboards of Grey Hosts currently as they are. We are going to start with PCNA, and currently they have seven days remaining. So one more week, and we'll be talking about the winners for PC. Currently leading is the Ebonheart Pact with 73k. Second place, Aldemary Dominion, 66k. Third place, Daggerfall Covenant, 65k. So that's a pretty substantial lead Ebonheart Pact has got. But Covenant... Our DC brethren, go get them 80, beat them down, get back to second place. You can't can't let us finish last. But luckily, we're picking it up on Xbox NA, where the DC lead with 27k, Ebonheart Pack second place, 17.5k, and right behind them is the AD coming in at about 17k. So... Daggerfall Covenant is going hard this month. Some of the big name players are in there pushing. Um, the big guilds are going really hard. And yeah, it's been very blue in there. <laughs> Dog, do you want to give the Xbox EU scores? Yeah, the scores for Xbox EU is in first place with 24k points is EP. In second place with 21k is DC. And in last place is 18.5k for AD. Alright, so DC is still pretty close. They could go get them, and All Mary Dominion's hanging in there too. Next, uh, we got our PS4 scores from our always awesome Lotus of Doom from Tales of Tamriel. In first place, we have the Ebonheart Pact with 23k. In second, we have the Aldmeri Dominion with 22k. And in third comes the Daggerfall Covenant, unfortunately coming in just around 21k. And yeah, so there we go. Got all of your uh, Grey Host scores for you. Go get them, Daggerfall Covenant. Let's take care of it. Let's finish it out, brothers. Now, as always, we wanted to take uh, our little middle portion of our episode to remind you guys we are part of the crazily wildly oh so popular robots radio podcast network where you can find a host of awesome podcasts including ours and this week we wanted to give you the opportunity to hear about one of our other shows on the network this one is also dedicated to the eldest girls universe and hosted by the ever-knowledgeable Arimetheus. Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? 
Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology, and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are dragon breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go, and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening, and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. So this week, we're going to be talking a little bit of Ma of Lorcage. And uh, that's about as Khajiit as my accent can get there. We want to talk to you guys about this trial, give you guys our kind of usual overview of it, get into a little bit of mechanics, get you maybe a little bit more prepared for it if you've never heard of it. And yeah, Dog, why don't you let them know about some of the achievements they're going to be looking for when they go into this trial. So, for uh, just completing the trial on the normal mode, you know, normal setting, you, you'll get the Abyssal Barrel die. It's a blue die. It's uh, probably one of my favorite blue dies if I don't want anything, like, super sparkly. So, it's definitely, like, one of my three main blue colors that I use. Another achievement is Stainless Souls. This is when you defeat Rackhat without anyone dying while inflicted by the breath of Lorcage. You can get a time trial, which is completing the trial within 40 minutes. Uh, if you know death, the, the trial on Veteran, you uh, can get the achievement, the Spotless Triumph. The Unchained Ambush achievement is going to unlock when you use both chain switches within 10 seconds on Vetma, then defeat the Dromartha invaders. And that's when you have the levers during that part. Then you also have the Shadow Slayer achievement for defeating 25 Void Callers, and that has to be on Veteran. And you got the Moon's Champion achievement, which needs a host of things. Right, dog? Yep. Uh, the first one is the difficult mode, which is what what you get at when you defeat Ragcat after empowering him. The second one is the Conqueror, which is just the vet completion. And that one achievement alone will get you the Dromathra skin as the reward. Another achievement is is Two Moons Dance, which is what happens when you force Ragcat into his final phase with within two lunar cycles, then defeat him. Another one is Void avoided which is complete with a max of only two players ever being afflicted by the breath of Lorcage. then the last one for this is Thane focused which is defeat Rackhat with at least three Dromothra Dreadstalkers still alive and then when you complete all of those to get the moon's champion uh, achievement you get the Dromothra destroyer title as a reward and that title is freaking awesome and uh, very sought after. So you know when you see someone that I like, ooh, nice. Plus that skin too. Like the skin is freaking awesome. I wish I had it. Like one of these times we're gonna get done with Vet Mall. That's a, it's tough though, as uh, as we're gonna tell you guys about. Yeah, I actually thought like the uh, the rewards were reversed. And that uh, the Dramatha skin was for completing all of it, and the title was for the just the completion on Vet. But 
now when I see that title, it makes me kind of aware, like, man, that group really went through a lot. Yeah, exactly, right? And usually on Trials, they drop the skin just on Veteran. There's only a few where they don't. I believe uh, Asylum Sanctorum, for sure, is one that you have to do plus two for the skin. The rest of them, I think it might just be Veteran. But anyways, as I was saying before, this trial can be a bit challenging. However, on normal, it's still going to be a challenge, but you guys could definitely get it done. Now, if you're doing a pug group and you're standing in Craglorn like, hey, you know, DPS, LF, um, uh, normal Mavlorkaj, then yeah, okay, you might have a bit of a time completing it maybe depending on the group you never know and you still want to make sure that you're gonna have a sufficient amount of dps or you're gonna be a decent enough healer or tank that you can help get your group through this before going into it it's it's definitely it's definitely something that is doable but is still a challenge and on veteran it is extremely difficult still to this day um you know three or four years after it came out, one of the hardest trials out there. And it takes a really good group and great coordination and focus, but it's doable. And definitely with a prepared group and a trials group that, you know, work together, they could, you know, knock this out pretty. They could farm it probably if they want There are a bunch of in-depth mechanics and scenarios throughout the trial. We will be going over some of the most important ones for each of the bosses and giving you an idea of what to expect when you go in. But uh, as always, uh, if you need more information, you should always check out Outcasts or Fextra Life or... Or UESP or Zynode Gaming, all these awesome places. Zynode Gaming. That was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, there's... If you guys... uh, We'll give you kind of a general overlay. Definitely want to hit the big mechanics for each boss. But if you uh, really want to get in-depth and see uh, all the stuff that's going to go on during all the other fights and uh, deeper things for the bosses, then yeah, hit those sites for sure. That's where uh, those guys are doing hard work. So when you're going into Mav Lorcage, it is not a run-straight-to-the-boss kind of trial like they did with Asylum Sanctorum and Cloud Rest. This is one where you're looking at ads. There's going to be pulls. They are going to be important too, just like uh, if you do Sunspire where you have certain ads that need to go down in order, it's going to be just like that. You're going to make sure the Sun Eaters are the ones that need to die first. And I've been in plenty of groups where they're like, oh no, do this, oh no, do this, no. The Sun Eaters, (laughs) they die first because especially you can't use ultis on or around them because they silence them and that's like horrible. Especially if you're a Magicka character or a healer, and all your heals are Magicka-based. Yeah, exactly. So, make sure those guys go down first. Then you're going to want to get the Dreadstalkers, because they bring up the Panthers. And then you're going to want the Shadow Guard, then Savages, and finally Ogres. Tanks will need to split all these adds up. The main tank will hold the Shadow Guard and Dreadstalkers. And then any ogre flesh renders. And then the off tank will hold the sun eaters, savages, and then any other ogres. Yeah, and 
when you are fighting ogres and there's not always going to be some of the bigger ads. Sometimes you're going to get pulls of like ogres and trolls and stuff. Make sure that you are killing the shamans first. They're the first ogre that has to go. So those are the ads you're going to be seeing throughout uh, this trial. And there are going to be a lot of them. There's going to be a lot of pulls. Um, there are some pulls where there are more intricate things or ways you could do them. Pull them to certain areas. There's a one like with the achievement earlier where you have to hit the things and it brings up ads. So uh, we're not going to go super into all the ad pulls because we could be here for a while. But yeah, just be prepared for those. And as long as you're working with your group and stacking or not stacking, you know, doing what you need to do and damaging who you need to damage, you guys will get through it. For the first boss, it is Zajhasa. Zajhasa. I don't know. I guess that's as good as it gets. <laughs> for this boss, there's going to be a few mechanics you want to look out for. Um, well, mainly, first off, you're going to want to form your group kind of like almost in a rainbow like around it. Um, just like half circle. I don't know. But the off tank is going to need be the one who's needs to focus on the ads and pulling them in. I don't think you can... Um, taunt them so he just has to pull them in and bring them into the group so he could they can all burn them down but also another two of the main mechanics um there's going to be a point where players will get aoe's under their foot i believe it's three of them and they have to go hit the cleanse pads and you can only do them so often per like thing so some groups will distribute certain people to certain ones etc everyone has their own way of doing it just know that you will need to use the cleanse pad if you have that aoe under you the most important mechanic that is gonna be for this boss is that there's gonna be pillars coming down throughout the fight and when five of them are down he's gonna do a blast and if you guys are not behind the pillars you will die very violent death. So <laughs> make sure that you get behind the pillars for the blast. Dog, do you want to talk about the twins? You want me to talk about the twins? You can say what the twins' names are, then I'll talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. Um, Vashai and Skinnerai. <laughs> See, I'm going over here saying the last boss is Ragcat, and he's probably not Ragcat, but. I think it's too funny to not call him Ratcat. <laughs> Fair enough. So what you're going to want your group to do is to split into two groups on each of the sides of the room. Alright, so the first big mechanic is the colors phase. There's the light the light mechanic and the shadow mechanic. And when if you have a light and a shadow, they stand too close to each other. They will explode and it'll do massive damage to the group. That's why it's important to keep the light people on the light side and the dark people on the dark side. Just like the Force. I actually have no idea what that has to do with the Force, except there is a light <laughs> side and a dark side. Well, I mean, yeah, no, you can't keep them, can't keep them one to a side, man. Anakin, he plays all, he plays all sides. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the group with the light will fight the shadow boss, and the shadow people will fight the light boss. And then there will be ads that spawn with colors as well. And then uh, 
tanks, healers, or uh, ranged DPS have to like target them and make them go to their right side. And then during the fight, uh, six players, three from each side, will get their colors switched, and you have to move clockwise around the room to join your new group. So kind of like uh, Survivor when they switch tribes. <laughs> when they switch tribes, that's always the <laughs> most interesting time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so I got this prayer phase because this phase is caused me a great anguish in my life. So I am uh, pretty familiar with it. It's wiped many groups, pug groups of normal that I've even done. So they're going to have a prayer phase. And it's very important because each boss is going to port to a random side of the room, the one of each. And the floor is going to glow dark or light and this is where it gets tricky because the groups are going to need to run to the boss with the opposite color by going clockwise or counterclockwise and get across the divide line or any player that doesn't is gonna instant death boom so that is why you got to be really careful and remember that you can't get too close to the other group of players or you'll start exploding so that's why you got to really use great coordination and make sure that you guys move in the perfect thing, circle, I don't know, to get to the side you need to be on. Right then, you want to make sure you start burning your boss, because after that, all the colors are going to go away, and you're going to need to get back to your original side. So that is the trickiest part, and as long as your group can get through that, then they could probably nail this fight, because... Once you're done with that, it's just going to be like a rinse and repeat. So as long as you're doing the, you know, making sure of the lights and making sure of the ads and um, when the three people have to switch, you guys could nail this one. I mean, it's a mechanics-heavy boss, and it's honestly a mechanics-heavy trial, but that's one of the things that's a lot of fun about it, too. So... Well, this one is tough, uh, yeah, as long as you get through that part, you're going to be pretty good. One last thing about this boss I'll add in before I hand it back to Dogged is that you need to make sure to burn them both around the same time because if you don't, then when you kill one, the other one's going to port to the middle and just like explode very shortly after. I think it's like 15 20 seconds i think it's 20 and yeah when i say explode i mean kill everyone <laughs> like so if you don't have him in a low percentage then your group's not going to be able to go uh just nuke him hard enough to where he dies so just keep it in mind burn him around the same and boom keep aware of mechanics you guys got this now there's a bunch of ads between the final two bosses and some of the rooms get pretty crazy i remember there's one like square room a rectangular one that has just so many ads and everything and like it's a bunch of pulls but you get through those and get to the big bad ricot <laughs> sorry dog had to do it his name is racket not ricot racket <laughs> So why don't you tell us all about the hat? Well, at, when you get into Rack Hat's lair, 
uh, the group leader should assign the eight DPS to the eight pads that are that are around the boss room. This is important for the lunar phase. And then there's also a portals phase that the group leader will also want to assign two players for the portals phase and maybe a third player as a backup just in case someone dies. Stand builds are the best or the most useful to do the portals, especially Nightblades with Path of Darkness. And then they will need a Purify when they come back. During the fight, one of the eight pads will turn gold, and the first player on it will re receive a buff, reducing their damage taken by Rackhat and the other mechanics. It's important that the main, main tank gets that buff first. After the main tank grabs the buff, a dark blue debuff uh, will appear. And if you step in it, it'll probably kill you because your healing received is reduced by a lot. And also, there will be three hulks. It's like Dromothra hulks that will appear. The off tank will aggro the Dromothra hulks that spawn in. Uh, it'll spawn in one at a time, and then he'll bring it to the main boss so that AoEs can nuke it down faster, along with do some damage to the main boss. It is important that you target specifically the Hulk so that it can die faster, it's because if the off tank is three debuffs, uh, or three hits of the armor debuffs, the off tank will die. A, a good way to avoid that is if the main tank grabs aggro for it, take one debuff and then the off tank grabs it right back you want to go tell them about the rack hats orb phase bob oh rack hat and his orbs <laughs> um yeah totally so you have uh the void combustion which places randomly on a player and you're going to want to move away from your group facing the wall break free and return to the group. So this is really important because if you don't get away, then the explosion is going to kill other players if they're too close. And yeah, you really don't want that to happen, obviously, because then you got all kinds of problems going on. Then you move on to pad five where you get stalker orbs and they're going to be like these tiny floating orbs and they appear kind of like everywhere and move towards a couple players at random these players will have to move away because if they once again pull these orbs into the other players they're going to deal crazy amount of damage this time it's not going to be an explosion that kills people but the damage will be really bad and you'll probably take some people down so you really need to get it away from the group now these orbs are going to keep coming up until um the hat jumps to pad number seven pad seven you're going to see the aoe orbs and these are also once again going to deal some serious damage to anyone that stood inside the circle where they were going to appear. So you see a circle. Orb's going to appear. Get the freak out of there. And the, once again, this is pad seven. So you want to make sure 
that you guys stay close together on each side of the boss, and that way when an orb spawned, you can move left or right together as a small group and avoid pretty much placing the AoE orbs everywhere close to the boss because you want to make sure that you guys can still get in there and do your damage, do your thing, you know, whatever it may be. You got to give yourself room. So those AoEs are going to take up some space. Anyways, those are those are the orbs. Make sure you're watching them once again. We have void combustion orbs that will explode. Stay away from people. Stalker orbs that will follow you and do massive damage to other people. Stay away from the people. AoE orbs that will come from the ground and explode. Or just do massive damage to anyone in the thing. Make sure you stay away from the thing. So, there you go. Three different orbs. So, when Rackhat slams pad number eight, he will rise up into the air like a god, but he's not a god. And then all the pads will turn gold, and so what, what's going to happen is that you're going to want all the ATPS to stand on the pad, on the outer pads. And then there's also a large middle pad that can hold four people. That's where you're going to want your two tanks and your two healers to stand. And then on the outer panels, a banner enemy will spawn. And it's important that uh, you kind of decide what DS stand on where. So you can have melee who can attack him and then range who can also attack him. So pretty much whenever he jumps around, he like each one, he, there's one through eight. So 1, 2, 3, and 8 will all work together, and 4, 5, 6, and 7 will all work together. All DPS players will go to their position, and then they begin attacking their elite enemy on the specific pad. Which, and then the tanks and healers will position themselves on the center pad and handle any adds. One of the healers will beam, uh, will activate a synergy and beam in the middle and the other healer will focus on healing and then since there's a 20 second cooldown on synergies the, the healers will switch off so make sure you keep that in mind when the lunar phase is over all the gold pads will once again be dark so it's important to get back off of them and then it's pretty much rinse and repeat after that any banner elites that were not killed during the lunar phase it's uh, important to target them and kill them immediately after the, lun the lunar phase is over. Which leads us into the execute phase at around 11%. Bob, you can go ahead and take it away. Execute, execute, execute! <laughs> DPS! No, I'm just kidding. So, the execute phase is going to be, of course, a whole new thing. And like Dog said, it's going to start at 11%. There is a another mechanic that it's going to be... A little harder to finish him off well at least it makes it a little harder so starting on pad number one there's going to be a light orb that appears and it's going to be connected to him kind of like a like tether or in essence you could think of it that way this causes him to take a lot less damage so yeah your damages are gonna start getting lower and lower and lower so you have to choose a dps to be at pad number one and he's gonna have to run through the pain and collect the orb now after five to ten seconds another orb is gonna appear in the middle of pad two 
and the DPS from pad 2 has to do the same. This is why you need to choose players who are going to be doing this phase specifically. And it's very helpful to have Stam DPS doing it, right, Doc? Yes. You can have Stam DPS uh, swap out if, because obviously you want to have, you don't want someone with like low stamina to do it. So. Yeah, they're going to be needing to do some running and everything. So that's why you want to designate some people who could go and take care of it while the rest of your group is taking care of business in their own way. And as long as they're going through the things and getting them, you have to just know that all of the orbs are going to be there at the XP phase at the same time. So, yeah. All the orbs we talked about earlier that you were like, oh man, these suck. Yeah, they're all there now. So you have to really be careful of, well, aware of your surroundings at least and not be killing your teammates with all kinds of stuff. There's also void spheres that are going to spawn from the middle every now and again, and they deal a pretty good deal of damage. So you want to make sure you shield up when you see those. Just another orb you got to be looking for pretty much. Yep, and they are very... You can hear them, so whenever you do hear it, you know, like, with the block and all that. Or someone can call it out as well. Plus, there's one more thing. At 0%, uh, the boss will die, and Mr. Rack Hat will no longer be able to rack his hats on a hat rack. <laughs> so that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, you had to kill him some way, and taking his hat rack is one of the best. He will no longer be able to rack any more hats on his hat rack ever again. So, yeah, that's uh, that's about it, guys. That's a kind of, not super basic, but, you know, about medium level. You should be able to listen to that and be like, all right, I'm going to Craglorn and Pug normal mob Garage tonight. <laughs> I mean, don't give us that much credit, actually. But I hope it helps you guys out. And, yeah, that's what we kind of just wanted to get you a little prepared for, because this is a big trial, and this is still one of the hardest ones, so making sure that you're prepared for it when you go in and no mechanics, it's really will make a huge difference. So, now that we got through the trial, now let's talk about our rewards, right, dog? Sets. The first set we have for you is Moon Dancer. It's the light armor set. It gives you match magicka, minor slayer, spell damage. And then the fifth piece is whenever you activate a synergy, you gain a shadow blessing that increases your spell damage by 448, or a lunar blessing that increases your magicka recovery by 448 for 30 seconds. You can only have one of these blessings active at a time. What's uh, nice about this set is that you can activate a synergy once every 20 seconds. Like, let's say orbs. Like, everyone can activate orbs. Like, there's no, uh, it's not like shards or a purify or any of that where, like, only one person can activate it. So it's really nice that it, you can have 100% uptime with that set. Yeah, it's an interesting one, that's for sure. I wish that you could find a way to, like, choose. Like, if you do a damage ability synergy, maybe you could get the damage one, or if you do, a, like, a other synergy get the recovery i mean sometimes you just gotta go for random but i do like that set it's interesting now there is another light set too twilight remedy 
and it's not quite as good. So we're going to give you guys just straight the five piece. When an ally activates your synergy, they heal themselves for 2240 health. So 20,240 health over 10 seconds and gain minor force, increasing their crit damage by 10%. This effect can occur once every 10 seconds per ally. Now, there is a lot of different things that uh, you could do to get minor force. Actually, not a lot. There's a couple. So... The Sigic line introduced Accelerate, which allows you to get it. The Morse of it, do two different things. You can either extend it or do something else. <laughs> right, dog? Fill me in. It uh, takes out your immobilization, so it makes you immune to them. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. So you have those two different options, and that's really helpful for uh, Magic DPS. So they can control their own Minor Force now. They don't really need it from a five piece even though the health also seems kind of nice but if you're in a dungeon or trial you don't really need a health buff like that because you're gonna have a healer looking out for you so there's also a trap beast on the fighters guild line so you have uh, accelerate that a lot of magic users use and trap beast that a lot of stamina users use and then trap beast also gives a good little dot so it's good that a stamina DPS use that to buff up their DPS. Buffing it up, buffing it up. So we also got a Roar of Alkosh, probably the most popular set from this place. Yep. This one will give you weapon crit, minor slayer, weapon damage, and then when you activate a synergy, you send a shockwave from your position that deals 1720 physical damage and an additional 12.6k physical damage over 10 seconds and then this reduces the physical and spell resistances of enemies hit by 3k for 10 seconds now for some reason this is a common tank set which they have to use the weapons and jewelry but when you read it, like it gives you weapon crit, minor slayer, and weapon damage. To me, that makes more sense for a stamina DPS to use than a tank set, than for, than for a tank to use. Especially since there are so many other tank sets out there to buff your allies. Especially now. Like, the last trial set gave us a Yolnokrin, which is extra weapon and spell damage after taunting. And all, there's also Grave Guardian, which gives us extra resistances while blocking. And that's from this uh, Unhallowed Grave dungeon that we just came out like a few weeks ago. Now, I will play a little bit of Devil's Advocate to your plan, although I think it would be dope if Stamina DPS started wearing this bit more. But it's really cool for the tank. And, I mean, a lot of tanks are just like, Alkosh, Alkosh, Alkosh. It's helpful i love it in dungeons when i'm in pledges like someone's got outcosh you know we don't really need tank doing anything and he doesn't need to like survive a crazy amount of damage from a dlc dungeon so or a normal trial you know that's like okay cool the tank is wearing outcosh the huge thing is it reduces their physical and spell resistance by 3000 and that's not a named buff so you can uh stack that with like a minor and major fracture yeah 
you know. So that's uh, one helpful thing. The damage is also passively nice, not really needed, but yeah, it's a uh, interestingly popular tank set. It's not one that you would look at and be like, oh, every tank wants this. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a. I see it's more effective in like uh, dungeons, but in trials, I feel like a stamina DPS should have that in like the little arsenal or weaponry that they have. All right, so we also have the heavy set here. It's actually going to be the last set, and its five piece is when you activate a synergy, you create a lunar blessing underneath you for ten seconds. The blessing grants a damage shield every two seconds that absorbs twenty three ninety nine damage for you and your allies within eight meters. And uh, Dog has all kinds of stuff written about this set. <laughs> yeah. So when we were struggling on the hard mode for Ice Reach, I found out last week or yeah last week that Comet Physician Shield was weak and it really didn't help Graham at all. And that was an 8k damage shield. And that shield would be gone in like 2 seconds or less. Sometimes it'd be like, oh, he has this dot on him. It does about 8k a second and it's already gone. So that really wasn't all that helpful for him. So imagine like, let's say it's an even 2500 damage shield every 2 seconds. That's going to go away really fast. Plus, there's a couple other sets that are good or that are better than this set like Ursi's. Uh, this one is when you take damage while you are under 50% health you summon Ursi's spirit for 6 seconds this will give you and the person who synergizes this uh, about a 1400 damage shield and that one is a whole lot bigger and it might last the extra couple seconds for you the only downside is that that shield will only can occur once every 12 seconds there's also Brands of Imperium, which is when you take damage, you have a 10% chance to grant you and your allies within 8 meters of you the damage shield that absorbs 12k damage shield for 6 seconds, but this one also has a longer downtime of 15 seconds. So what you're saying is they got options. Yep, there's definitely options. And a 2k damage shield isn't, or yeah, 2500 damage shield isn't going to be the most useful stuff in a lot of vet dlc options yeah now for like normal stuff like normal vet content like uh like you know your pledges that that you could use that but if you want to do anything like hard mode or any even like vet dlc stuff like that all that's going to hit a lot harder so yeah, so unfortunately the sets from here are not all great, but there are definitely a few you can write home about. Uh, the first one, the uh, Light One Moon Dancer, that's an interesting one that you could try out in some other ways. And if you haven't tried Alkosh as a tank, you might like it, honestly. And if you have thought about it as a Stam DPS, dogged says go for it he says try it maybe i should parse with it on my stamp warden see how that goes you'll have to come give me shards (laughs) i definitely can do that true very true well how about that dog made it through uh episode 10 buddy we made it 10 episodes yeah we're officially official at 10 yeah
that's uh that's what they say i guess so uh we're happy to be here happy to be giving you guys something to do with the world going crazy man and uh i hope that everyone stays safe and take care of yourself and your loved ones and be uh thoughtful to everyone else out there and spend some time in samriel go hit mob lorcage it's freaking fun and there's awesome achievements to get out of it and uh Awesome skin. If you've not seen the Joe Martha skin, go look at it. It is gorgeous. It is. And you can make Rat Cat no longer be able to rack his hats anymore when you kill him. <laughs> Dogged, why don't you tell all these fabulous people where they could contact us? We have our Twitter at Red Diamond Cast. We have a Facebook at The Red Diamond Courier. Uh... You can also find us on our Xbox field of Heirs of the Red Diamond. And you can also find us in the Robots Radio Discord, easily found at robotsradio.net. Yeah, perfect. And come find us in Cyrodiil. And if you're not lagging, then maybe you'll be able to kill us. (laughs) And if you love our intro and outro music just as much as we do, uh, it was created and produced by the all-talented Daniel Nisley's contact information can be found in the show notes accompanying this episode, as well as the link to our merch store, where if you want to rep some Red Diamond Courier swag, it is there, and me and Dog feel a kickback from that. So, yeah, I know that I wore my Red Diamond Courier shirt proudly this week <laughs> i'm a goon i know <laughs> dogged where can the people find you if they want to yell at your face you can find me at twitter of at dog bark 24 you can also find me on xbox but beware if you play with me or if you see me i might just throw a snowball at your face <laughs> the everlasting one <laughs> the everlasting kind and if you want to talk to me, Xbox is going to be Bob Chichinsky, and then Twitter, Twitch, and ESOPC are all going to be Bob underscore Chichinsky. And we thank you guys so much for coming out. Thanks to you, Dog, for uh, joining me again. It is uh, more fun every week, and yeah, we hope you guys stay safe and have an awesome weekend. See ya, everyone. See ya. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. I'm Bob. And I'm Brad. We're lifelong friends. And the hosts of the Film and Whiskey podcast. This is the show where each week we review a classic movie and a glass of whiskey. That's right. Every week we go in-depth on a well-known movie while sampling the best from the world of scotch, bourbon, and more. Because nothing goes better with strong opinion than equally strong liquor. Bob's a movie nerd. Brad's an average Joe. But together, we give fresh insights and hot takes on the world of movies and spirits. So check out the Film and Whiskey Podcast. Part of the Robots Radio Network.